Podcast Network. Thank you for checking out the Glass Clown Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Patrick Christopher, uh, and this is an intro. Um, I decided that I'm going to start doing intros for the shows just so uh, when I do have guests on, we could just jump right into it. You know, here's the thing, like these episodes that I'm, uh, I'm, it's trial by error. You know, Uh, I'm learning uh, how I want the show to be, how I want the show to look. Um, And so... Start doing intros. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you uh, like and subscribe on whichever platform you use, um, if you're watching it on YouTube, uh, you know subscribe to that as well. Uh, the Glass Clown Podcast would be it's it's audio and visual uh, on the YouTube page. Uh, so subscribe to that YouTube page. Uh, but if you just listen to podcasts, which I totally get. Um, like and subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and anywhere else you could find uh, podcasts. Um, you you could follow me or uh, keep up with what I got going on on my uh, Twitter and Instagram at your homie Pat. Also, to change it up, just to let you know about uh, the direction I'm going to take the show, um, I will start off by getting to know the guests. Um, you know, and we're not going to just jump right into it. Uh, I got to get to know the guests. I'll have them like promote whatever they got going on uh with the social medias and stuff uh and then i'll get into these uh the questions that that i want to ask and it's just three three questions uh that i'm going to start getting into and uh i got this the the idea for the questions from uh, another podcast that uh that i used to listen to called terrified it's terrified with dave ross uh dave ross is a comic out of uh, out of la um just to get the ball rolling about you know what the guests are are dealing with uh he would ask them you know what what are you what are you afraid of or what do you what do you fear um what are you worried about and why what don't you like about yourself and the idea is that is to get the ball rolling of about you know talking about what what the guests have anxiety about talking it out um, what they don't like about themselves, what they worry about, where they're at in life or in their uh, uh, profession or their their journey, whether it's comic co- comedians or musicians or any type of artist, you know, I want to know what goes through their mind for different things like that in life that we have to deal with, you know. Uh, the fears, anxieties, um, you know, and the thing is, I think when you say something out loud, when you talk about these things, it kind of one, uh, takes the power away, takes the sting away. And you could also connect because I think we all have similar fears, similar worries, and are similar things that we don't like about ourselves. 
you know, and we all we, we we talk about that, and we discuss it. We could also maybe connect and find that uh, um, that is not as bad as we make it seem, or as it seems. And I'm not saying that uh, that these things aren't bad for us, um, or they're not valid. I don't want to do that to anybody. I don't want to say that anything that they think, feel or say isn't valid but I do want to get the conversation rolling about why how do you deal with that stuff what are you going through and how do you deal with that stuff using your sense of humor using your tools to manage to deal with how do you how do you do that and so I think that's what I'm gonna like before I didn't have a set plan going into this I just knew I wanted to be about mental health, sharing people's stories, uh, maybe making them feel better about talking about what they go through. Um, I called it a comedy mental health podcast, but I, I don't know how much comedy it's going to be. We are gonna, I, I am going to try to be light about it. Uh, we are going to talk about the, our, using our sense of humor. Do we talk about this stuff on stage? How, how do we deal with it using our sense of humor? That's where the, the comedy part of it uh, might play a role in the podcast episodes. Um, but it's really to focus on uh, mental health issues and how we deal with that. How the guests deal with that. How maybe the listener might uh, might be able to identify with what we talk about on these episodes. That's That's the idea. You know, and I'm trying to combine air all the podcasts that I had before. You know, the Babaco Core podcast was uh, an interview podcast, finding out about the guest, and then I had a short run, ten episode uh, podcast called X Lives, where I talked about the people's past. You know, who were you before you were you that you are today? Something like that. You know. So I want to combine all that stuff and then close it out with talking about our fears, anxiety, moments of self-loathing. And hopefully we could uh, feel better at the end of the episodes. That's kind of the idea. That's the idea for the podcast. Um, so yeah, we'll get into that uh, in a little bit with my, my guest today, Josh uh, Joshua Cabaza. Um, also big shout out, uh, to Josh. He, had, uh, I've been recording the glass count podcast at his studios, the FMCW studios, podcast studios, um, which was a big help because that's one of the reasons why I wasn't doing the podcast because I didn't have a place to record. And so he's really helped, helped out with that. Um, you know, I wanted a studio where I could record and, and videos and, and do all that stuff. Still still figuring out the look you know i messed around with the green screen wasn't a big fan of of, of how it looked um may could have been in my software uh, my video editing software that i'm not satisfied with uh so we're, we're switching it up things are gonna change things are gonna you know until i find the exact sound look uh structure of everything i'm gonna play around with ideas you know um 
but I think I'm getting to where I want it to be. Look like, sound like, be like, all that, all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you for supporting the Baba Core Core Podcast Network. Uh, I appreciate that. Like and subscribe for all the pod- podcasts. I did have uh, a new logo made. Uh, shout out to the uh, Sylvester. Um, he also did the logo or the cover art for the Glass Clown Podcast. And I reached out for him to to make a sticker idea, a t-shirt idea. Uh, so I might get those printed out pretty soon. Uh, I like the way it, it came out. Let's get into this episode, guys. As uh, with uh, Joshua Cabaza, um, you can follow him at FMCW Studios on uh, on Instagram. And he's always working on stuff. He has a bunch of podcasts that he puts out and that he produces and puts out. And, uh, yeah, he'll get into all his stuff uh, in the episode. Uh, That's it. Let's get into it. Uh, Thank you for listening. And I'll check back with you all next week. All right. Uh, Here it is, uh, my uh, discussion with Joshua Buff. Get an iMovie. I don't even have an iPad or a fucking Apple or nothing. Do you need iMovie? Do you need a PC to get... I you need know. Apple, isn't it Apple? That's that's true. Yeah, I think you would. Yeah. Never mind. All right, I haven't switched over. Right. I'm still Android because I'm afraid of like all the new fucking. I'm Android too. Android has a lot more, and iPhone people are not going to like me for this, but Android has had a lot of things that Apple's like. Well, now we have this. It's like, well, Android's had that. Yeah, for like a year already. We're talking about the Apple thing is just it's a status thing. I was like, oh, look at yeah. my phone. That's why, like, even on the cases, like the OtterBoxes, they put the little circle, cut the circle out, so you can so see, you see the, the Apple, Apple sign, which is so stupid. Well, no, it's it's uh, it's virtue signaling, I think. Uh, yeah. doing, saying yeah. I'm a better person because I have a better phone. Uh, cool, man. So uh, what is up, everybody? Thank you for checking out the Glass Clown podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Patrick Christopher. Uh, today I am joined by Joshua Cabaza. How's it going, man? Uh, it's uh, going. It's going, huh? It's going, and that's all you can hope for, right? <laughs> yeah. It's either going or it's stopping, and... Luckily, it's going. Yeah. yeah, that's like deep sounding, but it's really it's not. not. It's, it's not. It's not at all. It's either stopping or going. You're like, oh wow, that's amazing. No, that's just it's on or off. Yeah, the way it is. Uh, cool, man. So it's a. I, I decided to take off the the comedy part of the mental uh, mental health podcast. So now it's just a mental health podcast. Now it's just sad people. Yeah. All right. It's uh it's sad people talking about their mental health, mm-hmm. and hopefully we can laugh at it. We don't know yet. Mm-hmm. I think I, I kind of jumped the shark. Saying, oh, it's a comedy mental health podcast. It's just a mental health podcast where I talk to comedians and then musicians and other artists, yeah. uh, stuff like that. But mostly com- comedians because that's who I, I talk to. Are you to. becoming a therapist? Is this, is this what this is? Well, the, this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to normalize uh, therapy. Within the Latino community. No, just all oh. people. Well, males more more, more particular. <laughs> uh, Latino, yeah. Uh, but it, just everybody. I think I think it's very important for people. And I think it's also important to people to to, uh, to normalize checking in on people and yeah. talking about this stuff, you know. Because everybody, everybody feels, especially when they're in the deep darkness of it, they're like, oh, it's just me. Like, I'm the only one that feels this way. I'm the only one that goes. Well, we were raised that way. Keep it to yourself. What? What do you mean? Like, we're, I, well, I don't know. I, I would keep it to yourself. You know what I mean? Like, fucking bury it deep inside and do what you have to do. Keep it like, don't talk about that shit. How are you raised? I mean, do you have you have brothers or sisters? Yeah, I got a little brother. Uh, my parents are still together. Uh, 
middle class, lower middle so class childhood. So you raised just two boys. Yeah, just two boys. Okay, so that's a difference. But both, and, and, bo- and both parents worked, and we had a babysitter, Nora, who was a living baby babysitter, and you would, they would, uh, she would come across and she'd stay with us, and then she'd go back on the weekend to Mexico. Yeah, yeah. So that whole thing, that like, keep it to yourself. I think that's mostly for for. Or how they talk to boys, how they t- they taught boys how to be raised. I was the only boy around so many so many girls. All my my girl cousins, all my cousins are girls for the most part. Have two sisters. Which was the hottest one? Which one? Which one's the hottest one? The one I rarely saw. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you like what? Huh? Which one? Huh? <laughs> they're gonna get they're gonna get mad. Uh, and then a single mother. Yeah. So you as 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 the boy as the youngest too. I saw everybody express like their feelings, not in the not in the best way. Yeah. It was all yelling and anger and stuff, and, and like kind of uh, getting stuff out, but not direct to the person that you're supposed to be. So you're the out youngest to. out of how many? Uh, there's three altogether, and they're all three older sisters. Two older sisters, and then myself. I was did, the, did they did they do dress up on you and put like makeup yep, on you? Yeah. Yep, no. did, now here's the thing, because I had older cousins that were girls. Did you like it? I like that they included me. Yeah, right. That they it's, finally included me. You know, like I'll do it. Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't realize it was a bad thing until my mom got upset. It wasn't a bad thing. Well, it wasn't a good thing. It, it wasn't, wasn't a, a nice thing. They were. They were. They were picking on me. They were seeing how far they could get by belittling me, by making me do stupid stuff. They're playing doll with their little brothers. What they were doing. Yeah, but they're not supposed to be doing that. Why not? They could do that. Like now, if they were like doing like fucked up shit, you know what I mean? Uh huh. It, then it, that's another thing. But being able just to like, we're gonna put makeup on our little brother who's not thinking that way. It's not like, oh, now I am a homosexual because <laughs> I don't. Kids don't think that way. It's just like nah, it this is fun. You could have been putting clown paint on your face. Yeah, but the, the the fact that I that they did get in trouble for it was like, what did we did something wrong? Yeah, you know. Oh uh, yeah, that your mom freaked out. Like, whoa, I yeah. only got I only got one son. Yeah. Uh, but they were they were pretty rude about it. Like they were like, "Oh, okay, yeah, you can hang out with us." Yeah, but you're gonna have to wear this. You're gonna have to be. be oh, that's different. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was like fun, like, like no, they didn't do play it. dress up. Not I, that well, I did that all the time. They had fun with it, but it was it was uh, hazing or teasing. How often did you undress their Barbies? <laughs> <laughs> Quite often. <laughs> well, I would I would steal them and then I would like like leave their clothes, mm-hmm. but I would take the Barbies. Mm-hmm. So it only counts leave, as one. It only counts as one. You leave a trail. Well, I was like. Well, so then, who was the problem? I think your sisters were protecting their Barbies. I think you got this wrong. We're here to talk about you. <laughs> All right, my bad. I, I go to therapy. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah man. Uh, so that's cool. Before we get into that, uh, Twitter, Instagram, how can people find you? What do you have to promote? Uh, oh, no. Uh, June 5th and 6th, I will be headlining uh, Jokesters 22 in San Antonio. Um, you can apply to Battle of the Sketches. June 1st is the end for the online. And July 1st is the end date for the uh, live round, which is October 16th at the Animal Draft House. Room location, 8 o'clock. You can find it at battleofthesketches.com. And you can see What's Up Psycho Podcast, Wolf of Ignorance Podcast, Something for the People Podcast, and I'm bringing back Daddy No Podcast, and you can see that on FMCW Studios. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, you were you were a big inspiration to me starting my own podcast network, uh, which is just me with my all my podcast. That's I, how it starts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll start working. Like, well, I haven't offered anybody yet, but some people that like, oh, I would like to do a podcast. Yeah, we'll just I'll record it and I'll, I'll post it, do the post-production yeah. and all that stuff. 
Uh, I think it's a, it is a, a good tool for comics to have as far as like creating a podcast, getting your stuff out there because we're so limited on uh, how people could see us. Yeah, I don't think people utilize it too much. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah the well, What I always think of is there's thirty thousand, thirty thousand, thirty million YouTube channels. There's more than that actually. Uh-huh. There's hardly that many episodes of podcasts compared to YouTube channels. So where YouTube is today, I think podcast is like what YouTube was in 2012. Mm-hmm. That's what podcasts are right now. It, I don't think it's blown up yet. Yeah. Uh, so uh, bringing back Daddy No Podcast, what's the Daddy No Podcast? That's the one that you do with just you. That was the one I was doing with my, my kids, and I stopped for like six months because we recorded some, but it just kept, during the pandemic, it kept getting too dark. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to put this out because, you know, this is too personal. Yeah. And then so uh, I, I did it on Sunday night. I'm going to put it out this week. Um or last week, I don't know, whenever you put out this episode. So mm-hmm. I'm going to put it out. But what I'm doing now is going back to, like, my kids when they were, like, three years old, four years old, five years old. I mean, like, look, this is what you talked like. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this clip? And I'm playing them clips of what they, how they answered the question then. Oh, yeah. And then asking them the same question as as an older child. That's interesting, man. That's pretty cool. Like, giving them a look back into what, how they, yeah. and the I things think, they said. and yeah. You know, and I think that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna because I did it was about four and a half years, and then I took six months off. I think I'm gonna keep doing that. I'm gonna do four and a half years, and then take like a f- few months off, and then keep going. Yeah. And the goal is at the very end, it's either gonna be a way, hey, you should raise your kids like this, or mm. yo, don't do that. This guy fucked it up, and hopefully it's the good one. Yeah. But I want to take all that and the best moments, and then write a small book about it. Now, when you started comedy, how long did it take you before you realized that you needed to start doing podcasts and the sketches and all that stuff? Like, was that part of like the branching out? Or I I started doing stand up, and three months later, I started Funny Man Comedy Works, was just producing shows. Mm-hmm. And so at first, it was a production company, and then I was like, oh, well, now I'm going to produce uh, comedy albums and podcasts. And then it was just like, now we're going to put cartoons. Now we're going to do the film festival on top of it, and it's like a lot of projects and but. Uh, I it's it's hard to handle them all. I feel like I built up a lot, and now I instead of building more, I'm just like, all right, really hone all of this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I did start it because I remember seeing comics that I saw on TV on Comic View mm-hmm. and on Comedy Central, and these in my eyes were like, you guys are the shit, and they're performing for twelve people at River Center Comedy Club. Yeah, and what I learned. From because I would talk to them, I'd always ask them questions. Some were cool, some I annoyed the shit out of, so they could talk <laughs> to me. But uh, what they, you have a peak and then you come down, mm-hmm. and it's funny. He goes, and on the way down, you see the other people coming up, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like to see, like, like watching Joe Coy, and he has, he's almost selling out. LOL. To now he's selling at theaters, mm-hmm. or Bobby Lee, and there's 220 people in 2010 and now it's sold out show sold out show podcast blew up and shit Mm -hmm. like that it's it's crazy seeing like the the journey of it but the point of having the company is even if my journey starts to do that Mm -hmm. or it may may never take off at least i'm doing something that's you know is gonna keep me in the comedy game yeah and i I mean the and i could still keep doing stand-up without getting bitter Mm -hmm. because that's the hardest part you don't pop I mean, how many comics can you name off the top of your head that aren't local? 80? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. You know what I mean? 80, so, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So like 20? So And then there is a lot. There's a lot to 
there's enough stage time, especially now for people to, to, to eat and do all that stuff. But now you have to do the podcast and now you have to be your own promoter and now you have to do sketches and now you know what i mean you have to have the whole gambit of everything i uh, gambit you like that i don't even know if i used it right <laughs> yeah. these glasses i think these glasses did it i just got them today i was so happy yeah you look really a lot smarter than uh than you have before yeah it's thank you. appreciate it yeah it's to hide the bags that's why it tricked me yeah uh when you started into it like did you just start blindly or did did you start like studying it like reading like oh, how to my, profit from podcasting how to profit from making your own business becoming your own business stuff like that or was it just like blindly well, like the, getting the, into it the comedy thing starting off with stand-up my cousin and i would always watch uh for, i mean i remember my first one was uh eddie murphy delirious mm. that was the first, and i'd go to my cousin and i'd watch it at eight years old again and again and again and again and like he was done with it and i'd study and i rewind it and mm. i'd act them out and try to do his jokes right and then uh I moved to Austin after graduating and I was like, I'm going to do stand-up. I'm in mm -hmm. Austin. I'm going to do stand-up. And uh, what I would, I wrote for a year, but I kept checking it out. And I, I'm such an idiot. I didn't even look up the open mics. All I did was thought, you go to the comedy club and say, hey, I'm here to do stand-up. Mm -hmm. And they're like, all right, let's see what you got. I thought that's what, that's how naive I was because I've yeah. never been to a comedy show. Mm -hmm. And so I would, first time I drove over there, started shaking, drove home. And then after a while, I would drive just one exit, come home. And then after a while, I'd, I didn't even leave the door. I was just like, I'm, I can't do it. Yeah. And then uh, I came to San Antonio, and uh, I got real drunk at the Alamo Draft House mm -hmm. off one of those growlers, mm -hmm. drank the whole thing, went over there. Cliff was hosting, and I was like, yo, I want to go up. And I was with my, my cousin and my girlfriend, well, my wife, but girlfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was just like, all right, yeah. And I signed up at the very end. I got that drunk confidence. I'm just watching people bomb, bomb, bomb. I was like, I got this. And somebody killed. I don't remember who it was, but they murdered. And I, I tensed up. And I was like, all right, I think we should just leave. Let's just leave. And my cousin and my wife were like, no, we're staying here. And they made me stay there. Yeah. And I went up and I told my first joke. And it got a laugh. There's 13 people there at the end. I got a laugh. And then I got so excited. And then I turned around and I talked out of my ass like Ace Ventura. Because oh. it was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was like a call back. It was bad. It was, and everybody went, whoa. Yeah. But that first laugh already hit. And then after that, it was every week. And then how can I build more of these mics? How can I get more stage time? So before there was the Blind Tiger Comedy Club, there was a place called Studio 13. And it was, it's not, it wasn't the same as far as. Sin 13? Studio 13. Studio 13. Oh, okay. So it Where was, was that at? it was, uh. Here's Laugh Out Loud. What's this street on? Uh, you have Blanco? San Pedro. Bla yeah, there we go. Okay. Uh, in the very first shopping center where here's the Lexus dealership. And then on the corner where Blanco is, there's a shopping center. And the corner of it used to be a hookah place called Studio 13. Oh, okay. okay. Not there anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, and, but it wasn't like everybody coming right. It was like every comic would show up. It was a Sunday night. Mm -hmm. Headliners would go over there. Godfrey was there. Uh, how am I forgetting his name? Doug Stanhope. Doug Stanhope made everybody go up and do their set in front of him. And then he'd like critique it and shit. Oh, wow. So it was a place to hang, but it was like for, you know, anybody can go there pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess it wasn't ran right or something. And then it all fell apart. Mm. But it went on for about like a year and a half. Mm. When you first started, like, did you have like huge dreams? Like, oh, well, Netflix wasn't like a huge thing there, but you're like HBO, Showtime, BET. Mm -hmm. Or did you just like, I just want to get uh, there? NBC came through last it wasn't last comment stand up for diversity and i'd only been doing stand up three or four months 
And so I go up, they, I get in a round, it's that laugh out loud. And I go up and there's two girls in the way back where they do the light mm-hmm. and I'm on stage. Mm-hmm. And my only audience is the 19 other people in my round. Mm-hmm. And I go up and I start telling my jokes and they look at me for about five seconds and then they look down at their papers. And it's like, next. Uh, the guy who won was, uh, what's his name? Tony? Is it Tony? I can't remember his name, but he's been on like a bunch of different type of stuff. But I thought, this is my break, right? Mm-hmm. And then again, the very next year, America's Got Talent. I got to skip the line, going straight for auditions because I laugh out loud. And I was all, 2011, 2012. You skipped the line because of? Because, because of, of laugh out loud. Oh, they, wow. they, they said, they asked for comics. And oh, so instead wow. of having Wayne line saying I'm a comic, I got vouched by, by the comedy club. So I walk in and it's these two girls, they walk out, they're uh, flag twirlers. And this one girl's like crying, right? And on top is one of those, whatever, uh, 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 you know how they have the squares and shit and, uh-huh. uh, and you can move them and stuff uh-huh. she hit her flag on top so she fucked it up and so she was all crying like oh we're not gonna get it yeah. and I walk in and I do my set and I see the guy and he's smiling and it's a girl behind the camera and he's smiling I'm doing well and then for some reason I fucking go on this rant like da, 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 and I go crazy wait you're, the audition is just to two people yeah it's just to them two I'm doing my set Oh shit. and I'm a minute and a half in the last 30 seconds I go on this crazy it's part of the joke, but I went too hard, uh-huh. too much energy. Like I was really excited. So I, I let it all out. And then I remember the girl from behind the camera going like, what the fuck? <laughs> and the guy was like, all right, thank you. And I was like, all right, sorry for wasting your time. <laughs> I walked out. And I was like, fuck. Uh, but both of those times I was like, this is it. This is it. And, and that was the, within months or that was in the first year? That was in the first two years, the first, first three, few years. months and the first like year and a half. Uh-huh. But yeah, I was naive. And now I don't think of it in terms as make it. In my head, and this is maybe naive or stupid or delusional, but I already believe I did it for the fact that this is my nine to five. You know what I mean? I yeah. I do this. I mean, of course, I have social media and other things that I do to supplement that. But that was the goal, mm-hmm. that I don't have to take off of work to be like, ah, oh, I got to go do this gig. I wonder if I can get off. It's like, no, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, And then work and then just keep going if i can like every year i think it's gonna stop like i thought okay i did i stopped at 30 i stopped selling cars i sold my truck uh i was i got my ccna for for um like uh not computer programming but like when you call rack space and shit mm-hmm. i got that ccna certification i was like i'll just do that instead of car and then for the first time in four years, they didn't hire. And then the next quarter, they started firing people. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I just wasted fucking all this time. In the, and I try to get a job and they're like 10 bucks an hour. Yeah, I, I felt that was the thing that pushed me to be like, fuck all that. Do do this. Mm-hmm. Take your chance. Do stand up and everything else. Go that way. And we fucking, we cut off the internet. Uh, or not the internet, the cable. We went down in groceries, didn't buy clothes, had one car. We cut down everything. Uh-huh just so I could try it. And then every year we've been able to build up. Did you have like a mentor or somebody that like you saw do it? Like I know this person is still local, but doing it full time. No. Like, so you just, you just thought that it I was going to happen. I had a breaking point. I hit, uh, I wouldn't say rock bottom, but for, for me it was, I've had two rock bottoms. The first rock bottom was, uh, I was addicted to Vicodin for two years. Uh, cause I have some, I had back surgery at 24 and I kept taking them. And one night I took a bunch of them and passed out. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was it. I wasn't going to wake up because it was like blackout. 
And so I was about, I fell on the bed, right? Blacked out, woke up in the morning, threw all my uh, Vicodin. and also was taking Adderall, so I was speedballing. Damn. Adderall in the morning, 12 to 16 Vicodin throughout the day, fucking. And Adderall was just for fun or were you prescribed? Adderall that? was because I need to balance out from the Vicodin. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not prescribed at that time. Yeah. Get it from, uh, at that time, this is 08, 09, 09. So, and you can, any of everybody had Adderall, everybody had Vicodin. Yeah. But I mean, that I had two prescriptions from two different doctors for like 120 pills or something like that. Jeez. Yeah. And I, yeah. So anyway, um, got addicted to that. Uh, that when I woke up from that, that blackout, uh, I grabbed all those pills and I threw them in the toilet. It's like, fuck that. I almost died. Fuck that. And then two months later, I started stand up. How was it, uh, the, the, the getting off the pills? How was the weaning? Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I was smoking a lot of weed. Okay. And I was still taking like. What's uh, it called? Withdrawals. How were the withdrawals? Not too bad. I was taking bars. So it's not like I weaned off of it. Like uh, I went to, you know what I'm talking about? Like, so if I felt a headache, I mean, I'd take half a bar and pass out. So, so it's yeah. not like you just. But then, I, but then I stopped. I stopped with that too. Yeah. I st- so, yeah, yeah, I stopped with that too. Um, and then the next one was I'm selling cars. I had two bad months in a row. So I'm selling my truck. Mm. It's paid off. So I'm selling my Tacoma. The day the guy's supposed to come take a look at it at work, mm-hmm. uh, they break into my truck, mm-hmm. fuck up the door, the window. They try to rip out the baby seat. Don't they fuck up the stereo? But I have the thing hidden so they don't get it. And they stole like a bunch of trucks from the Toyota dealership. And my boss is there calling the cops, and I'm looking at my car, and I start fucking laughing, like, "What the fuck? Are you kidding me?" Like laughing, like I'm losing it. I'm yeah. losing it. Like cracking. Yeah, because my wife's not working; she's going to school, oh, yeah. and she's pregnant. I've been doing so bad in car sales that if I get another bad month next month, if I got another bad month, I was gonna be fired. And then I was like, I don't even know how I'm gonna pay. I'm still paying last month's bills. Yeah, and I'm working. What the fuck? And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. And I, they felt bad for me. Uh, and so they bought the truck for me and I took the insurance money. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're supposed to do that. But I took the insurance <laughs> money and I sold it to them and I took that money. And I, we lived off of that money until my wife got a job uh, doing what she does now. And then we just kept, we kept building and building and building. And now she's in school. Now, and I got this. What would you tell people? Like, if, if they asked me, what are you doing now? Oh, I got so many talk. Okay, like, I remember, I guess, he, my ex-brother-in-law. He was just like, okay, what are you going to do if it doesn't work? I go, well, I keep going. And he goes, and then what? I was like, and then I keep going. And then what? I keep going. And then he's like, and then what? I was like, oh, I guess I die. Yeah. And it's like, I there's a switch in my brain. That, like, if I have to, I'll go back and work a nine to five or sell cars or whatever the fuck I got to do. Yeah. But it's just to get back to this. Mm. And it's like, I'm not gonna, uh, I, 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 I can't waste my time. That's what it is. I gave up money because I was making about 70, 80 grand. Mm-hmm. I gave up money for time because I'm like, when I'm not here, I'm just thinking of, when I am here, I'm just thinking about doing stand up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the thing that I was sacrificing was my family. I wasn't seeing my, my kids, I, my my wife told me that she. That's what really broke. She goes, you know, in the last three years, you've seen your son like two weekends. I'm like, fuck. I would see him during the week. Yeah. I'd have two days off during the week, but yeah. the weekends, a lot. And then Sunday, we'd have off, but I'd sleep. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, fuck. I never. I didn't think about it that way. 
And so that became my my focus. I was like, Tom, we're going to be broke. And we were for a good two years, I want to say, year and a half, two years. It was really bad. And then we got cable. And then this year, this year, we finally got a second car. My mother-in-law sold us her old car. It's a nice one, 22 Genesis, 2012 Genesis. Yeah. Uh, but sold us that car and we used our tax refund to buy that. But we had one car from 20, uh, what is it? When did I quit? 16, 2016 to 2021. We had one car. 2016, when you decided to go full-time with comedy, you were three years in, four years in? Uh, no, I was already six years in. Six years in? Yeah, because it's 11 years. At that time, did you have an idea like, okay, Two years, I'm going to be at this uh, in comedy. Four years, I'm going to be at this. Six years, I'm going to be at that. No, I just had little, I had goals like, all right, I want to have an album by this this year. The, by 2018 was my goal. So two mm-hmm. years from that, I want to have an album. Mm-hmm. In the next four years, I want to do a theater. Meaning, not that I sell out a theater, just that I get to go on stage and do a theater. At a theater, yeah. Uh, and then six years out, something on TV, whether that's HBO or Netflix, or whatever. but all that, those are all goals. But in my head, it was just next joke. What's the next bit? What's mm-hmm. the next uh, podcast? What's the next sketch? What's the next film idea? What's the next cartoon idea? Which is just like, just keep going. And because and, 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 the rest of the shit will drive you fucking nuts. Yeah. You will create. And every once in a while, reality goes right back in your face and you see it. And if I like, I'll have like every once in a while, I have panic attacks. Like, holy shit, I need to go get a job. What the fuck am I doing in my life? And then I can't believe I have all this horrible shit on the internet. Oh my God, people from high school and college <laughs> saw this horrible shit. And then I remember like, nobody cares about you. And I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, okay. That's so weird how that's like a comfort thing. Like sometimes like you think like, well, nobody cares about you. Like you're, oh fuck, man, I don't mean nothing to nobody. But then when you're panicking, like all these people are going to think this about me, think that about me. And you're like, nobody cares. You're like, oh yeah, that's right. Nobody cares. Like it's kind of like a safety thing. Like I a, read something from uh, what was it? It was Rainbow Skull. Have you ever seen that? His cartoons, and he had what's his name? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Who yeah, you're talking and about. he put uh, some. I forgot what it was. I'm gonna butcher up, but it was something like uh, I'm having anxiety about what people think about me or whatever. And then it's just like, well, stop thinking about yourself. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh shit. And so, uh, like, if whenever I get down about not being booked. Mm-hmm. then I'll think about who I think is funny and the avenues that I do have, mm-hmm. the tiger, jokesters, laugh out loud, the comics, I'll be like, hey, check this guy out. Mm-hmm. Check this girl out. Check, take a look at these comics. And maybe one of them gets booked. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not because I, oh, I want to be on your show. Most of them don't even have shows. It's just like I've seen you grind it out for years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I saw you progress. So now I can't get It's like kind of like it's going to sound horrible. I'm married. I can't get laid no more. But if I want my friend to get laid, <laughs> fuck yeah. Not that I want to get laid. I want to get booked. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's. but it's that for comedy. I'm like, you got to, fuck yeah. And especially if they do really well. I'm like, oh, and then that club, they're like, oh yeah, do you want to, not necessarily the person you got booked, but the club was like, thank you for sending me that person. And then they mm-hmm. book you. Was there ever a point where you thought like I gotta get out of San Antonio? I gotta mm-hmm. go move to Austin, move to uh, I've been LA, going, I've New been York. going up. Oh yeah, LA. There's always been plans to move to LA or New York, or, and I thought I had my shot with. It, I wasn't even a shot uh, of going, um, but then I thought about it. Um, 
Well, my wife said no, and I was like, "Yeah, that's that's right." Yeah. No, I, I, I it's not fair to my family. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. my wife has a job she loves. My son is getting the help he needs at school. He has like a tutor and a, two teachers, and and it's just all this stuff that my wife helped him get, mm-hmm. and he's progressing so much more that was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to start if to get that in all. Like we could probably get that, but it take. It take a while, it take a year, it take a bunch of testings because this is years of testing mm-hmm. that we've had to do and go through the loop, uh, the holes or whatever, not loopholes, but the the progression Just of the, the school yeah. of the school, and it's a lot. It is a lot. They do a lot of testing, and so I'm like, that's not fair to him. That's not fair. I can't even come close to affording anything like this house in Austin. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be in a fucking maybe two bedroom apartment. Yeah, I was just like so. All of that, I'm like, there's no, I can't, I can't do that to them. But again, Austin's an hour away. It's not that far. Yeah. How, like now, especially now with uh, with everything, like as far as like the podcast and YouTube and all that stuff, like how necessary is it to be in those big cities like New York or LA when Austin's just right there? It's, it, I have no idea. I couldn't give, because I've never done stand up in New York or LA. So I can't even, I can't even be like, well, you got to move to, I just know Austin has a different energy right now because i've gone to austin before mm-hmm. but the it's reason i did now with the comeback everything's coming back is well it's, yeah there's an energy there there's a lot more people that move there i know mm-hmm. there's like the old school comics that mean what meaning like not the, like rogan's an old school comic but i'm saying like the people who are already in austin mm-hmm. and i know and i and i came up with many of them they mm-hmm. started around the same time i did and then a lot of them san antonio they transferred over there and then like all the new people and it's just is this energy that's coming about through it, and it's you're gonna have your scenes or whatever, but I'm hoping to be able to flow through all scenes. I don't, you know what I mean. I'm, I want to be able to go to any single one of those and be able to to do a show. But I'm going there more now because before the comedy club was Cap City, which mm. great fucking club, but you got to live there in order to get booked there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Most of the time, right? Unless like like. Uh, well, I don't want to, you know, say, but anyway. But like for like guest spots and feature spots, like well, you have to like kind of. Well, especially there. for feature, like yeah. m- like George moved there, yeah, and then he became feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raul moved there and became feature, and then headliner. You know what I mean? So they, that's what they want, which I think is great. I, I, I for a city to have your back mm-hmm. that much, or a comedy club, be like, nah, we're gonna cultivate our comics, and this is what it's gonna be. I think that's fucking dope. What are the pros and cons about being a comic in San Antonio? I don't think about it that way because uh, the way I always said for a new comic, I'm asking. Do you think no, that- there's there's only pros. If you're a new comic, San Antonio is perfect because mm. you bomb, nobody's gonna see it. You kill, nobody's gonna see it. <laughs> yeah, but you're gonna do a lot more thing. bombing at the beginning. You could bust your ass here, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't way. matter. But there, I, what I like about it though is it's like. Uh, when you get to go to another city and it's a great show, you really take it in. You're way more present because you're like, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're not necessarily spoiled with good shows or packed open mics. Mm-hmm. You're you're going to places that they don't want to hear you do stand up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even the comedy clubs or the shows, some of them, that, it's changed in the past, especially the last, I want to say, right before the pandemic. And then now especially, it's gotten a lot better. But the audience is... The audience back then, bro, they're fucking hard. No, they were just. It was. It's not want to say trained. It's just that it was like people didn't know. Yeah. People didn't know how to. And so it's a lot of, you know, 
people just talking or heckling or whatever the fuck. And it's just like a small group of people here, but then everybody else in the background of the bar is like talking and shit. It's like, mm-hmm. it, and what it was, I think it was a lot of venues and comics that didn't know how to throw a show, throwing shows. And I was a part of that too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool, man. So uh, some questions I got for you. You could answer either one of them or all of them. Okay. Or they, they are, they're probably all connected. Uh, what, what do you fear? What do you worry about? And why do you hate yourself? Or uh, what do you hate about yourself? What I f- well, what I fear is, is like a death of a, a close loved one. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the big that's the ultimate one. Is that a new thing? No, that's been that's been since I was little. Yeah, I was a little kid. That was I. I don't always always had it in my head like this is great. It's gonna suck when I don't have my grandparents, or you know what I mean. This is great. It's gonna suck when I don't have my parents. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I tell my wife all the time. Like when especially when she was complaining, like a few, <laughs> like two three years ago, how broke we were, mm-hmm. and I was just like. I was like, remember before you complained about how you never saw me? Now you're complaining how broke we are. Yeah. I was just like, you know what's going to suck? When we do have money, but we don't have our parents. Mm. And she was crying. She's like, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I thought I was going to have to get a job. Shit. That's such Damn. A fucking, that was a trick, man. That was an evil trick. Very evil trick. And it bought me two more years. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God. And then you know what? That got us over the hump. Oh, shit. <sighs> but now these credit cards are filling up. Fucking. It, yeah. So uh, as a what kid, what was that? Was fear, and then what else? Well, uh, what do you fear? Uh, what do you worry about? And uh, what don't you like about yourself? Who would you fuck? Who yeah, am? yeah. Who would you kill? Worst comic in San Antonio. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but that that fear thing, I think like all kids have that, but we kind of like outgrow it and stuff, and then it comes back when we get older. I think. Well, for I guess for you, I mean, you said you've you've always had that. Yeah. Uh, did you lose somebody like important to you, like as a kid, and then it just stuck with you that feeling or that fear? Yeah. Yeah. Uh and then um also the fear of that I'm going to die at 40 because of this I would I'd go to Sunday school or or CCD. Mm-hmm. For, are you Catholic? Uh I used to be, yeah. Okay, so we'd have to go to CCD. Uh-huh. I went all the way till I was a senior in high school. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, my parents are very very Catholic. Like I that was it was it was cool cuz it was like on the week I grew up I was with my parents. And they're very strict Catholic, and I go to bed at the same time and do your homework and all that. But on the weekend, I went to my cousins, and it was like the fun house. Yeah. So it's like almost I had two sets of parents, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, and brothers and sisters. So even though I'm the oldest out of the two, I act like I'm the younger brother because I had two older uh, two older cousins, mm-hmm. you know. And then he acts like an only child. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, so the the dine at forty came about because it was uh, what would we do? We do it on Tuesdays. You'd have to go after school and. And go to CCD or whatever for two hours. And I remember the, she must have been a secretary or something, but she was brand new. Mm-hmm. And she was saying how it's much better to live a normal, quiet life and live till 80 than go out there and be reckless and do what you want to do and die at 40. Mm-hmm. And everybody, and then she goes, Who wants to live until they're 80? And everybody raised their hand. And they're like, What about? I was like, That's not living. Being, yeah. That's boring. Mm-hmm. If you, if those 40 years, are great then i lived more life than in that 80 and then she was like oh okay okay if that's what you want then you'll die at 40 and i'm like what the fuck (laughs) fucking but she's just a crazy i i I came up with crazy people within that because the the main guy said my wife has cancer and 
so-and-so wanted to do penance so they put a rock in their shoe and they walked around for uh-huh. three weeks with pain everything was you have to suffer yeah for something good to happen yeah and i was like fuck all of you what are you talking about you have to suffer like that and then like he's you he, didn't buy into that like as being raised catholic you didn't buy into that that idea i didn't like that i liked the well, yeah, I, we, I like we the, don't like it but i mean we felt like it was uh, I took, we had to yeah it well no it's like still that. in, to, yeah. that's still ingrained in me that's, I know it is subconsciously. It's still ingrained in me. Like I feel like I have to take these steps before I can, and I, or I, I might, I might self sabotage, not let myself go to whatever next level I need to go to because I'm like I haven't mastered this part. Mm. Um, but um, I remember my they kept people like that around. But like my dad tried to teach for CCD for a little bit, and they let him go because these girls were sharing lip balm. And he's like, I wouldn't do that. You can get herpes that way. <laughs> and then they went and told their parents. His dad said that, that uh, we have herpes. And he's like, I didn't say that. I said, don't share lip balm or you could spread herpes. Yeah. That is a fact. And I'm like, dad, you can't talk about herpes yeah. in church. Yeah. What are you doing? So they let him go. But the guy with the rock in the shoe is like, fucking lash yourself if you want to fucking go to heaven. And I'm like, yo, I don't I don't agree with this shit at all. Yeah. Yeah. So even though you you chose, are you back then you thought the idea of dying at 40 is like better than like living a boring, bland life and living till 80. Now that's a fear of yours, even though that's something that you agreed with back then? Yeah, it's a fear of me. I want, I want to see my kids grow up. I want to be a grandfather. I want to, mm. you know, grow old with my wife and shit. I don't want to, I don't want to die at 40. Mm-hmm. It's like, fuck. And now I have this thing in my head that's fucking bullshit because this stupid lady who I don't even know who she is put it in my head. It's a, and that's how religion. Yeah. You know, that if it was just like I'm at school and it's a teacher, I'd be like, what the fuck are yeah, you talking about? Talking but because ass. I'm like, this is church. Mm-hmm. This is an omen. You will die at 40. And it's like, fuck, will I even succeed? Or am I the guy? Local comic dies in San Antonio. <laughs> Fucking shit. Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't eat. Ugh. You know what I mean? So I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't that it it Because thinking about it, I'm like, that's what, four years away? Four and a half years away? Four and a half years? Yeah, I'm 35. Uh, in comedy, comedy years, uh, com- well, same, uh, comedy years. I'm eleven. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, besides death, what do, what do you what do you worry about? Uh, uh, I don't know. I I I probably should worry about more stuff. I should say people. I worry about. I, I think it's good to not have uh, so many anxieties or so many worries. But I'm just like, what, like what kind oh, of stuff? failure? Just failure. Just like. Hey, everybody else is right. Like I, I bombed. I told you the story. I don't want to mention it on here, but I bombed horribly. <laughs> it was a really good story, though. <laughs> I bombed horribly recently. So top five easily. And the first thing when I got off stage that popped in my head was my son telling me, and I know he's doing it to be mean. And at the time, I didn't even get mad at him. I was like, "What? Why are you trying to hurt my feelings, dude? Yeah. Stop." Because he was picking up the Legos and he's like, help me, you help me play with the Legos. I was like, they're your Legos, you need to pick them up. He's like, you see, that's why you'll never amount to anything because you're lazy. You don't do anything. You never help me. And I'm like, you'll never amount to anything. I was like, what? (laughs) Where did that come from? And then when I got off stage after bombing, it was just like, you'll never amount to anything. You're lazy. I was like, oh. (laughs) He was right. Yeah, yeah. And then just, it just, I, I don't... Being wrong or being embarrassed, I don't mind that. 
I, everybody minds it, but what I mean, it doesn't, I don't, or awkwardness. I feel it. I just don't think I feel it as the intensity that other people do. But the thing that I feel more is when I feel legitimately stupid. When like, like I'll play around and I'm stupid, but when I legitimately did not know and I feel dumb, mm. it, it, it's that shrinking feeling. And like, I hate that because it's a mixture of embarrassment and feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah. And that feeling sorry for yourself makes, makes me want to vomit. Not that people can't feel sorry for themselves. I'm just saying for me, when I was little and it was like, I was, I was short, I was fucking fat, like titties and shit. And so I'd get mad. I'd be like, I'm short, I'm fat, I'm stupid, I'm ugly, I get it. Yeah. Like I would pile everything on and feel bad for myself. Yeah. And then I would, and then I got out of that finally, but it's like, that's like a blech feeling. Like, I don't know how to describe, I don't want to say, oh, beta male or whatever the fuck. I just want, it's just a, it's a cringy feeling. There no, we go. It's a no, cringy yeah, feeling. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I get that. Um, what was the last one? Oh, what don't you like about yourself? A lot. Most things. The, the the liking what I like about myself is a shorter list. Uh, I don't uh, anything that you could fix. Anything that that is something that you're you're currently working on, yeah. or maybe it's something like something silly that you're like, oh, I really hate this about myself. But like you're like, so it's not a big deal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, things I ha- my hairline's gone back an inch. <laughs> it really sucks. <laughs> Because I remember it was like right here, and my I can tell by my scar where it is, and that's why I always wear a hat. People think I wear a hat because I'm bald. Yeah. Like I know I wear a hat because I got a big ass scar on my forehead, and when I wrinkle my, I know most people can't see it. Yeah. Like okay, I went to a plastic surgeon and they filed it down. Like they put shots, and it was all this scar tissue inside. Uh huh. And they I don't they lasered it or whatever the fuck down, and so it used to be a lot worse. But ever since I was a little kid, like second grade on because i got it when i was four i've always worn hats oh and so i was super self-conscious about it and so yeah but now i'm i'm like putting i'm where i'm wearing my hair wearing my hair it's a wig (laughs) i'm putting i'm i'm going out without a hat because i'm thinking in my head i'm like if it's gone back already an inch in my 40s i'm not gonna have it yeah so at least let me be like hey yo i used to have hair man enjoy it while you can enjoy while i can um the weight thing has always been a thing for me like I was a fat little kid and then I got, I got in shape and then I got real skinny when I started comedy I was 160 pounds, but Damn. That, I was 160 pounds as a sophomore in high school. Yeah. I just, it was, I was all the Vicodin, Adderall. I wasn't eating shit and blood, all this stuff. Yeah. And then from 160, 10 years later in comedy, I'm 245. So almost a hundred pound gain. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just, I just, I just don't want to be misshapen. That's what it is. Like if I had the body to be like, oh, he's a thick dude. He's a big dude. And I'm like, that's not my body frame. So if I take out my shirt, it's like, oh, you're lumpy. <laughs> Why are you so lumpy? I'm like, I don't know. Just fucking leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So, And it's my, it, it, I'm not making this shit up. This is family members telling me this. You're so lumpy. It's like, fuck. It makes you feel horrible. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, you, there's body issues. There's, there's uh um, fucking vocabulary, because George always points it out. I used to say frustrated all the time. That you say words wrong. I say words wrong. Okay. Oh, well, how did I say it? See, you don't don't correct me on that. No, I'm not correct. No, I would I wouldn't do that because I say words wrong all the time. But I, I, I I make it seem like I do it as a joke. I don't. I I you know frustrated. It's frustrated. He's like it's far frustrated. I'm like for the longest time I'd say because I never said because. 
Because my mom, she says because. With a P? With a P, because. Because. Yeah. Mm. And so like little things like that and people would catch it and be like, and so like, I was like, oh, so when I went to college, I didn't talk like this. When I went to college, I had a little bit more of an accent and I would draw my words and, you know, I talk more like this. And <laughs> yeah, because because I'm the light one in one of the lighter kids in my school. Of course, if you're lighter, you want to be even more Mexican. Yeah. But then you talk like that for years. So you just more and more talk like that, man. And then, you know, and then when I got there, they started making fun of me, my friends. Because that's what friends do. Yeah. And they're like, oh, really? That's what you did, huh? Okay. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't fucking talk like, yeah, you did, bro. You talked like, yeah, like this. And I'm like, fucking shit. Yeah. The most embarrassing, I turned red. I was like, all right, guys, I'm going to take a shower. And they're like, a what? And I was like, <laughs> a shower. I said shower. I was pissed. I was like, fuck, why'd I do that? Does it come out more when you've been drinking? Uh, No. The old accents, no? No, I, I think just because, like, I, I just... I don't know. I don't want to say it, the sales voice. It was practicing the sales voice. Yeah. And and so doing that, I, I feel like this is my voice. This is my regular voice now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was not. Ne- and they and even growing up, I was like, hey, wait. Everybody's like, don't do that. Don't. <laughs> you don't do that. I'm like, what do you mean? I don't do that. Can't say wait. They're like, no, nah, you can't do that. It doesn't don't, work for you. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. do that. You don't. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Uh, that's cool, man. Uh, anything else you want to promote, or anything else you want to replug, or anything like that? Mm, oh, I thought I was gonna cry on here. Fuck, I, I was trying cry. to. Yeah. Uh, when uh, that first question, I almost got you a little bit. I don't want. I don't want to press you too much because I like I I cry when people cry. So I was uh, like, we can't both be crying. Then we walk out of here, and my wife's gonna be like, I knew he was gay. I knew it. <laughs> Fuck. Why, why is it gonna be gay? Why, crying's not gay. Oh, that's what um, that's what she says about me. She's just I was just like, just because you don't have friends you're close to, don't don't put it on me that I'm gay. All right. <laughs> She's like, no, but you guys are weird. I'm like, but it, but if you read text, it's like, hey, I'm gonna go to the house and fuck you later. Cool. Yeah, yeah back doors open. <laughs> but it's joking. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, you guys aren't. Well, that's gross. Yeah, yeah. She uh, judges. No, all wives are like that. Yeah, we can't have friends. We can't, we can't just be friends. <laughs> it's just two guys in a room. Just talking yeah. the doors about o- their feelings. <laughs> the door's unlocked, babe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, plugs, social media, all uh, that stuff. Feed again. the Funny, June 25th at the Blind Tiger Comedy Club. Feed the Funny, We all the ticket sales go to the food bank. And then um, Battle of Sketches, October 16th at the Alamo Drive House Mueller. June and July for the online and live rounds will end those dates. And you can apply on filmfreeway.com. And again, June 5th and June 6th, I'll be headlining Joshua's Comedy Club. Cool. Thanks for doing this, man. Hell yeah, man. Laters.